2: Unpack your knives and stay. Yes, stay. Welcome, everybody, to a new season of the Top Chef Rehap Up. We're in Portland, um, in spirit, obviously not physically. um, Still not super able to leave the country right now. Hope you guys are all doing well. Isn't it crazy how this time last year we were starting the Top Chef podcast and we figured by this time now, we'd be not doing things the way we're doing things? LOL. How naive we were a year ago. (laughs) Anyway. I'm here. I'm Healy Strong. What's up? Um, and I'm joined by our, our our panel this season. A little bit of a shakeup, but it's going to be a fantastique, as française would say. But I'm joined, as always, Kurt Clark. What up?
3: Yo, yo, yo. How you doing?
2: I'm great. How's your... I haven't chatted to you since um, we left the tent um, back on the GBBO podcast. How you doing?
3: Doing well. I think um, since we last chatted, I've moved from Los Angeles to back home to my home state of Michigan and Mm -hmm. experiencing a whole new, well, a different world of cuisine, not a new world of cuisine necessarily. Mm -hmm. Uh, But no, I'm yeah in a new place, in a new job, in a new time zone. It's all wonderful. Uh, I'm, I'm halfway in between my two Pfizer vaccinations, so yay me um but yeah no doing well
2: good and we're joined by our new top chef panelist for this season and hopefully beyond honestly uh latonya starks what is up how are you doing welcome to the club
4: <laughs> hi oh my gosh i'm so excited to be here i do not feel at all qualified to do this but i'm happy that i was chosen anyway
3: do you like food Latanya? I, I am a fan of the cuisine. Then you, then you are more than qualified. That's okay. all. That's all. That's all we ask. Wonderful.
4: <laughs> it was this time last year for me. I was listening to the finale of the Top Chef podcast, brought to you by uh, the RHAP, and being like, "Huh, that sounds like a wonderful thing that people get to do—a podcast about Top Chef." I love that show. And then I heard the commercial. Um, that was kind of like calling for new talent, uh, and on the finale podcast, which was the last day to apply, and now I'm here, which is wild to me. I'm very excited.
3: So excited to have you! And it's like it's like you, we hear about those people who make it onto Survivor and Big Brother, like getting their tapes in at the last minute. <laughs> you're like the you're like the uh, the watered down version of that. You get to be on our podcast, <laughs>
4: <laughs> our tiny corner of the internet. Yes. It's- it's not watered down for me, I'll say that.
3: Oh gosh, but at this point, what are we at? Haley, is this like five seasons, six seasons? I keep losing count.
2: Of of uh coverage of Top Chef. Yeah. Um, you guys started with Top Chef Boston. Um, I joined a couple seasons later. I can't remember I god what what was it? Um Colorado, I think I became full time.
4: Okay, okay. Because I,
2: I jumped in on a few episodes during fans versus favorites, but I came full time in Col- Colo, as the Coloradans call it, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're so excited because uh, honestly, we weren't sure if we were going to get a, a season of Top Chef this year. Uh, so many of our favorite TV shows were in flux. Um, uh, but last fall, uh, our Top Chef uh, contingent went to Portland. They filmed a the whole season. They took all of the precautions necessary, um, and here we are enjoying it. And I, I'm really excited to get the season started. I've I've heard that like I've heard interviews with uh, the judges saying that this is one of the most talented casts we've seen. Mm. I think this first episode was really fantastic. Um, but I. I forgot how hard it is to get to know everyone in that first episode. Um, You know, last, last season was all stars. So we, we knew everyone. It was just kind of like a reminder. We're here. Um, I feel like we got the hits of a few people. Um, It made me nervous that some of the people we saw a lot of, it felt obvious that they were probably going to be the ones going home. Maybe, um, but I'm just excited to have a new season here. What do you What are you guys thinking?
3: Oh, good. I mean, it's it's something I've been waiting for. Again, I I love the food. I was curious how they would were going to kind of frame up the uh the kind of the the quarantine and the pandemic that we're all all living under. I thought the opening was really powerful. Uh, Just in terms of like, you know, it's some of the things we've seen before shots of like an empty city and uh, but then just hearing all the stories about, you know, some of the chefs having to furlough their staff and like this is their family and they had to let 30 members of their family go. It was I think it was really powerful from that perspective. But um, but but then it kind of started to feel a little bit familiar, familiar as we got into it. What did you what did you think about how things kicked off the season?
4: I agree. I thought that it was very powerful, even down to the details that we sometimes don't pay as much attention to, such as the kitchen being so much larger to accommodate people uh, socially distancing uh, while cooking. Um, And then, you know, the uh, one of my favorite things about the show is the chefs losing it, trying to get what they want from Whole Foods. And now (laughs) they just... Yeah. Now they just get to make a request uh, of all the ingredients they want and someone brings them those ingredients. So part of it is like, oh, no. But the other part of it is, okay, I feel like, you know, I feel seen by this show because (laughs) a lot of my life in the last uh, year and a lot of our lives in the last year has been about people like, you know, ordering things and having people bring them to us. So.
3: I think when we were talking about this last summer, Haley, and like the possibility of it coming back, I think one of the things we brought up was like how would they even handle the, the shopping. Um and yeah, it if if anything, while I kind of miss that rush, it potentially allows us to open up other parts of kind of devoting time to other parts of the competition. But one thing I think I'm going to miss is the I don't know, it's it's I think the the nice thing about shopping in a door like well just going going there in person is like that 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 opportunity for kind of chance discovery seeing something on the shelf you might not have thought Mm. about otherwise and you you really diminish i think that opportunity if you're shopping online it's almost like you more have to be yes you have to kind of go an idea with an idea of what you want but i think by shopping online you have to have a very specific idea of the ingredients you're seeking out versus wandering down a specific Condiments aisle and looking for a specific section and looking for something to inspire you. I'm I hope that doesn't you know dampen the potential creativity and serendipity of, mm. of some of the cooking and some of the meals that we see.
2: I forgot about. I forgot about the shop. I
4: honestly forgot about it.
2: I didn't. It Haley didn't even kind of cross my mind. I did think
4: about it in the way that Danny kind of. Out of sight,
2: out of mind. Um, <laughs> I it, like it truly did not occur to me until you guys just mentioned it. Um, I yeah, it was it was an interesting episode. And um, I, I was mentioning to Ethan that I don't know if I'm going to be able to go back in five years and rewatch any of the seasons of any of my favorite shows that uh, kind of represent this time period for me. Just because I feel like it's it's one of those things I'm going to really want to forget. And I don't want to go back and remember kind of the weird things we were going through. Um, maybe I'm just one of those people who tries to put all of their problems out of sight. Um, but let's get into the cast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, let's get into the cast. It's a great one. Um we have Brittany Anderson from Richmond, Virginia.
3: She uh, does alpine cooking. I that that could that, sure. that was the thing that's well several things stood out to me about Brittany. She she, you know, looking ahead to the um to the quick fire, you know, they each had to like label what's the one ingredient they can't do without. And she said Gruyere cheese because she does Alpine cooking. And I think like, I, I think I would really enjoy exploring an Alpine cooking restaurant. I'm curious what it would look like. Uh, I'm picturing lots of timber. Uh, but she, was she also the one that said that she took up tattooing as a hobby? Like she learned how to tattoo at home over COVID. I think that was one of the conversations I think she was having. Was
4: her.
3: Yeah.
2: I, how long was your episode?
3: Oh, I forgot. We have the Canadian version with Haley. Ah. Ours was 75 minutes.
2: Shit. Okay, so I missed at least 15 minutes of content. I don't think I got at, Oh, God, I'm so annoyed. Like, why didn't I even check? I should have known. Um, I, I think I missed Canadians. the COVID restaurant talk. Um, I definitely missed this.
3: <laughs> they, they were sitting around. So she also said so you know there's there's another difference they're staying at a hotel this time instead of like a a fancy house somewhere in some local neighborhood and she was the one that expressed like living in a hotel this is going to be awesome (laughs) and and i think it must have been between uh there was some point there was i think it was i think it was after the the After the um, main competition had kicked off, but before they were going to be cooking the next day, they were all kind of chilling at the, it kind of looks like they have the lounge area of the hotel to themselves. They're playing pool. And and that's where she announced to everybody that uh, she learned how to tattoo at home as a hobby over COVID. I don't know what I think of that. I mean, kudos to her. I don't know if I would go to a home tattooer.
4: A lot of People seem to enjoy getting their own tattoo guns and just kind of going to to work. And there are like there are tattoo parties um, I've that not people heard go of this. to. Uh, a lot of times those aren't home tattooers though. They'll pay an expert to come in and just like okay. tattoo everyone there. The the thing that I know about having a tattoo gun is just about Margot Robbie having one because she talked about um, how she messed up someone's tattoo on the set of like the first suicide squad movie. So they were getting everyone tattoos that said uh, squad s uh, Q- k w a d and she inverted the letters k and a. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, so it just seems like it would be rife for with disasters, total disasters, keep, yeah,
3: keep it professional with that one is my opinion. Uh, Not to slight Brittany. Um, Any any first impressions of Brittany from you, Haley? Uh,
2: I really liked her. I thought she was fun, Um, and I I can't fault somebody whose must must have ingredient is Gruyere cheese. Yeah, cheese,
3: cheese. And she she was, and she was the one that was like questioning. I think the other people on her team. I think that the dish was going to be. at first, they were like, would seafood and mole go okay together? But they ended up going with pork and mole. And then she's like, can you put cheese on that? And I'm like, yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see why not.
2: Uh, and then also on her team for the quick fire uh, was it Gabriel. His his ingredient was call fat. Um, let me do a quick <laughs> Google on what that is. I had
4: to Google what that was as well. I, now I know. Uh,
2: Okay, it's like a, a a netting around internal organs of some animals. Uh, mm-hmm. I've definitely seen this before on like chopped. Uh, but you can't live without this. Like this is the one ingredient you're like, <laughs> uh, "Uh uh, this is this is it."
3: I'm like it's funny cuz at one point I know that, that Padma was questioning like, "You picked rice vinegar? We have that." And I'm like like right. so I guess they could they, they I guess like I would have put salt. But, yeah, uh, I I, guess t- they would-
2: <laughs> I I don't blame the chefs for pick like going like I truly can't live without butter. I cook in everything. Like I yeah. I would take it pretty literally. I wouldn't be like, hmm, what don't they have in the kitchen that I would use? Like that wouldn't be my first thought. I would probably go butter or something pretty basic.
4: But if I yeah, this is kind of like fancy chitlins, right? Like that's <laughs> that's from the pictures that I've seen of it. That essentially what this is. And I I don't know how I feel about someone whose go to ingredient is fancy chillins, but, you know, like to each their own. And they ended up doing OK, if I remember.
3: Yeah, I think they, they, they were hoping that they would win because they had the three ingredients that didn't really seem to go together. Right. They had and with they the grillo cheese, the cold fat good. and the Mexican chocolate. Yeah. And I think, you know, and I think he was saying that he used the the, the call. Gabriel was saying he uses the call. Oh, too. I do. Yeah.
2: I mixed up Gabe and Gabriel. Oh, too. So that's going to yeah, be, it's gonna be a and problem. Gabriel's. I didn't One even realize. My bad. Um, <laughs> I found Gabriel, I'm going to be honest, a scooch annoying.
4: Well, did you know that he worked for Tom Caligio? <laughs> he mentioned it. I find okay. him very hot, but very annoying. Wow. I He's, I love that you just went there.
2: Okay.
3: He's very dry um, in but, terms of like, again, the traditional draft of Kurt choosing the plain vanilla white guy. I think this is the one who fits that slot. I yeah. think congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but the, the, the other thing is like, his name's Gabriel Pascusi, not to get confused with survivor fans, Gabby Pascusi. So I think that's something mm-hmm. we, may, we may need to get her take on, on this guy. Um, <laughs> Wonder if there's any relation? Guessing not? He, I,
2: <laughs> now that I'm now that I'm with him and knowing that his ingredient was call fat, like I'm feeling like he picked that just to be like, I'm fancy.
3: <laughs> um, there was also the moment when they were kind of you know signaling who in the room has won a James Beard Award or yeah, been nominated, nominated for a James. Yeah. And does anybody he else is like what do
2: Eater magazine's top Portland chef in 2017 and like and I, what what an illustrious no like don't I, honestly no that's great i would not win it i i have never won an award for anything i haven't even gotten like participation <laughs> medals because i'm that bad at things
3: and and no shade on that for me but the way it was edited where he kind of they asked he answered but like the musical sting that they used. And then I think it was maybe Maria or, or that yeah, glanced over. Yeah. And there was like a raised eyebrow. Um, they're trying
2: to get me to hate him.
3: They're trying, mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. He's yeah. probably a. He's a definitely a guy. wonderful. Yeah, exactly. But and if the, he's
2: listening to this, please know that. Any, any of the Top Chef contestants that happen to do a little Google search of Top Chef podcast and stumbled upon our lovely little product. Please know. We are not commenting on who you are as a person. We obviously cannot taste your food. We are commenting on the TV product we are being shown. And some of us, we don't even get the full TV product. <laughs> so sorry, everyone.
3: I mean, this is like, the, the, I believe it was our, our British Bake Off podcast, Haley, where we were hating on Peter, the most lovable person in the entire cast. And
2: people started getting mad at us about that.
3: Yeah. We love Peter. We do.
2: And guess what? Guess who listens to all of their bakes now? This girl.
3: Mm. Nice. I take it
2: out of the oven and I listen to it, see if it's done. Thank you, Peter.
3: Oh, I thought you were talking about like you're listening to like his streams of his baking processes, but no, 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 no. He he puts his ear down to the bake and listens for the 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 bubble. Yeah,
4: slash like possible antagonist there's a there's a, a point when they're doing doing the um the team challenge uh the quick fire where he is like really kind of like he's, he's off-putting and in his demeanor a little bit when he's like don't take that off that's the way that tom collicchio likes it and there's nicer ways to say that um and you know i i just it's an editing thing again mm-hmm. like we have no idea
2: I completely agree. And like and, and just like the little moments of like, well, we're going to win this because our ingredients were the weirdest. Why didn't we win? Our ingredients were the weirdest. <laughs> so I thought maybe he'd be the one going home this episode because we saw a lot of him. Um, the rounding out their team was Maria. Her ingredient was Mexican chocolate.
3: Yeah. And, and I think this is where Gabriel's chimed in saying, well, they think they were going to maybe do a mole. and And I love me a mole. They're like give me mole all day long, uh, and I think they, they were just suggesting like could it go with shrimp or seafood? And Maria was like seafood and mole? How dare you? And I'm like, what's wrong with seafood and mole? I would eat that all day.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: um, I really enjoyed Maria. Um, I think she's um, she's bright and she just doesn't take any s, which I appreciate. I'm going
4: to abbreviate the swears.
2: I know. Sorry. <laughs> I just I. I'm only given like three swears per episode on podcasts mm-hmm. now, so mm-hmm. I gotta limit them and I I already used them up, so
4: <laughs> I I like Maria a lot. Um, you know, there there's like a point in the episode where also um uh Gabriel again uh is just like damn, you're using all of the the stove and Maria's just like move whatever you want, hon. Like it's not a big deal. Uh, so she seems really laid back. She seems like the type of person that you'd want to hang out with. And, yeah. you know, okay. she talks a little bit about uh, people not thinking that she um, is a good enough chef because she makes tacos. But I, I don't know. I don't want to speak for others, but I can say for myself, a good taco is like just, you know, it, it, it's like hearing the sirens sing, basically. Um, so if she's like as good at making tacos as I think that she is, then she should never have any self-doubt about it.
3: And and I believe she was one of the James Beard nominees as well. Yeah. I mean, so, and then I, I, I agree with you completely. There's the, the point where she's like, you know, people may judge me for this, but I don't care. And no, you shouldn't. And so it, it was, it was, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more of her. I think uh she, Luckily, it sounds like that their team was like toward the top. It just wasn't the one that won out. So Mm -hmm. and we saw we ended up seeing Gabriel, uh, you know, at the top of the elimination challenge as well. So I think um, uh, although Brittany was kind of in between, I think that was that's that was a pretty strong uh, group of three there. So yeah, for sure.
2: Uh, Also, on top of the quick fire, uh, a team made of Kiki, Sarah and Sasha. They ended up winning Uh, Kiki. Let me scroll to her profile. Let me find it.
3: Um, Let's
2: see if I remember to put these in the show notes to send. I will. (laughs) I'll try and remember to send this thing. Um, She's from Detroit. How should I say Detroit? Detroit or Detroit?
4: Detroit. 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 And I I don't know.
2: Oh, gosh, you guys can't hear me right now, can you? Yeah,
4: we can. Yeah, we can. We heard you say Detroit. Um, (laughs) Like four times, at least. Yeah. Who? Is that a Canadian thing? Detroit? Huh. Never heard it pronounced that way.
3: She's she's local. She's local to me, technically. I mean, same state, Mm -hmm. three-hour drive. I may have to go once... uh, Things get a little bit more opened up. May have to 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 head to Detroit, and uh, and uh, check out uh, check out some of her stuff.
4: I like Kiki already because my nickname is Kiki, and so I've got to support all Kikis.
3: Note it. Yeah, you
4: know, try that like, one out. Latanya, how is your nickname Kiki? Well, <laughs> my middle name is Kiantea, and so my family always called me Kiki for short. But it's really cool that, you know, the type of cuisine that she's doing. She's apparently um, a writer and a food activist as well. And she is working very hard to bring like to shine a spotlight on more. um, Did she say Western and Central African uh, cooking?
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. she's a Congo. She's the daughter of a Congolese immigrant, which is very cool and a perspective that I don't know if, if we've seen much of on reality television as a whole.
4: True. Uh, And she's she's a graduate of Le Cordon Bleu.
3: What was that, LaTanya?
4: I was just saying, it's cool that she's not the only one this season doing that. Um, Other people are making uh, dishes with African flavors as well.
2: It's really exciting to see so many different backgrounds highlighted in this. I think even just the first episode gave us a a real insight into um, how many different stories we're going to see that we've never seen before. And I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, Also on Kiki's team, we had Sarah who seems to be our season's um, (laughs) unconfident gal. Yeah. Which is sad because she's, She's so cool. Uh, spoiler alert: She ends up winning the the main challenge this episode, even though she was convinced she was going to lose. Um, she's the head chef at a, at a vineyard, which is fun.
3: Yeah, she was. I think she was the one that was saying that she doesn't do the chefy stuff. She's like just rather like kind of chill at home. It was like I, I'm picking I'm picking up on the Sarah vibe. I'm I'm, I'm vibing with Sarah. She's uh she seems very uh, kind of chill, laid back, and that's. To, that's a something I can relate to.
4: Sarah's great um, in terms of just being able to it's kind of like she's this season Stephanie. Yes, um,
2: very much so.
4: But, you know, like starting off with a win, you know, instead of uh, building uh, up to it the way that Stephanie did. But, you know, the, in the same way that Stephanie became such a beloved uh, contestant for everyone because she was just kind of real about how Essentially, she's got imposter syndrome. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, and that that really spoke to me. I was like, okay, Same. yes, let's do it. Like, go ahead and like kick all the ass and like win challenges, and then be like, what afterwards?
3: And the and the interesting thing about this group of three is they all actually they're looking ahead to the elimination challenge where they had to pick a game bird found in Oregon or Oregon, Oregon to uh to to make a dish out of Oregon, I believe it's
2: pronounced.
3: Or, or Oregon. <laughs> uh uh they all picked the land, quail. Oregon. Yeah, but th- these these three all picked the quail. I mean they're like quail, yep, quail, yep, quail, yep. So that kind of took it off the board for everybody else. Um so I'm I'm guessing, I mean, not to jump too far ahead, when the other chefs had to kind of break those eggshells and determine what uh bird they had to cook with, I'm guessing there was a, a swap in there that we saw off camera to make sure that the there were no quail uh represented in the random sorter of the eggs. Um, Mm. But um, yeah, so, and it's interesting also is that I think with this, this threesome that took the quail, Sarah was in the top, Kiki was in the middle and Sasha, who we haven't talked about yet was in the bottom. So
2: let's talk about Sasha. Um, I love this quote from her bio Uh, during the pandemic, Sasha has started a focaccia business that she hopes to take national. Hmm. Well, Sasha, I hope you take it international because I would love some focaccia. (laughs) She is. She is. She's our Italian thing. cook of the season, um, yeah. which is fun. I'm excited. Hopefully, she won't, um, you know, pull a sasso, sasso, sasto, and uh, make weird pasta at the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. I like Sasha. She seems fun. Um, I really like these three women together. I think mm-hmm. they all brought something different and. It really worked, obviously, because they created um, the top dish. I I would have this is probably what I would have chosen to order in a restaurant. I think it's
3: of the five dishes from the the five.
2: Yeah, I I think it sounded really good. It looked beautiful. Uh, it, It was an exciting dish for me. It seemed to hit every note I'm looking for personally. And can we remind
4: mm-hmm. people what that dish was again? Oh, of oh. course we
2: can. What a great idea. It was a harissa-seared halibut with Meyer lemon and chovi salsa verde with roasted ro- roasted hot red pepper relish and an herb mm. salad.
4: Yeah, th- when Sasha was talking about Meyer lemons, I was like you had me at Meyer. Um, a <laughs> big fan of of a Meyer lemon and the way that it brings out flavors in the uh, in food. Um, but yeah, definitely would have wanted their dish. I agree with you all on that. Well, I think for, for me,
3: I would have, I'm not the biggest fish fan. So we've got halibut, halibut. We've got two fish scallop man. dishes, um, which I, I prefer scallops and like shellfish to a fish fish. Mm-hmm. But I think I actually would have gone for the pork loin with mole and the apparently the questionable gruyere grumelada, although it, I guess it got pulled off. But um, yeah. The kind yeah, of
4: liked it.
3: Yeah. The, and the, the other, the other thing I liked about this team is the, their dynamic was there was, there was like one point where I think Sarah was asking Sasha, um, mm-hmm. you think that needs more lemon? And you could just see like, there was this actually Sasha took a, like a thoughtful moment. It was like, no, nah, oh maybe, maybe could you do lemon zest? And like, Sarah's like, yes, can do lemon. Like you could see them kind of building the dish together. As they went, I mean, not the foundation of it, but like the the layers that you need to add on top of it. Mm-hmm. And I, so, I really like the dynamic between these three. And I think they, when they even formed uh, the team at the beginning, when they saw they all drew the same um, the same knife uh, for Team Five, that you, they 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 kind of clued on to the fact that you know we're kind of a we're kind of a kickass powerhouse, the three of us. And and I think mm-hmm. you know, they, and they ended up winning. So, and good thing for. For Sasha that because the three of them ended up having immunity which you know
2: I was really surprised that all they doled out three immunities this episode
3: yeah might as well
2: <laughs> you're right they might have, they, what else are they doing
3: well yeah. I I was more surprised that they doled out three immunities and then said and you'll have an advantage in the elimination challenge yeah. I'm like, why do you need an advantage in the elimination you're challenge not going home yeah if you can't go home um so, or, or maybe but it's it was not like they
2: got like twenty more minutes to cook. It was like, okay, right. you get to choose from these four birds.
3: Right. Yeah. I, I It's. It, I would. I think. I just. I just. I thought what they were the option, the opportunity that they were given to choose their birds yeah. first was fair. I think yeah. maybe when they said that they would get an eliminate, they would get an advantage. I was thinking it was going to potentially be something a little bit more game changing, uh, especially because you know given how the 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 quail as a dish and placed in the top middle and low parts um mm-hmm. it wasn't necessarily too much of advantage it just seemed like everybody didn't want the turkey you know they yeah
4: no one ever wants turkey it seems people hate turkey
2: i love turkey i'm a big turkey fan
4: i mean i'm a turkey fan as it pertains to like holiday
3: meals yeah it like, would just
2: be a hard top chef thing that's for sure
3: like how do you um, chefify it? our
2: mm-hmm. group in the middle um We have one of the stars of the episode, in my opinion, um, with Avishar. I thought I think he has a great personality. He's a lot of fun. I think he's going to be a really exciting chef. I I really hope that um, he had a rough episode. I really hope he can turn things around and and stick around for a while.
3: And his 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 uh, must have ingredient was mom's chutney. So it's like literally. His mom's homemade chutney. Is that we're thinking that's not a brand, right? I mean that's no, just, I think it's no. like
2: he, they they're like, okay, you're gonna need to bring some of this chutney. I I love that. Um I uh it was brilliant. I love that. And I think it's I think that's a really great ingredient that would work with a lot of dishes.
4: Yeah, or alone. Just chutney is delicious.
2: <laughs> I love yeah, oh, you yeah. just eat it with a spoon like he was doing at the beginning.
3: <laughs> and his and his voice was like so deep and like like melodramatic too, like in terms of like it just, just the when he speaks, it actually kind of hypnotizes me a little bit. It's like I, I'm not expecting that voice to have such a deep bass coming from him. Um, so, but yeah, he's, he was unfortunately in the Bible. Luckily, he, he sticks, he sticks around and um, just looking, looking more to see kind of what we get from him.
2: Uh, also in that group, we have Byron, whose um, ingredient he can't live without mushroom powder.
4: Yeah, what?
2: I'd be I, interesting is to try this. That mushroom you all powder. use ever? <laughs> I've never even heard of it before.
4: Yeah, I that was another of my googles. That uh, the cow fat and kombu and the masa. I was just like, I this is why I don't think I'm qualified for this show. I oh. just Google everything.
3: <laughs> we we usually just kind of gloss over the things we don't know. So you're you're one step ahead of us. Um, yeah, I was surprised. It was like I mean I'm assuming it was just. I could be wrong. And this is, I'm sure the internet will correct me. I just assumed it was powdered mushrooms. And I'm like, w- so like, why wouldn't it, I was surprised it wasn't like crimini mushrooms or some other kind of mushroom, um, but no m- mushroom powder. Uh, so yeah, it works. Yeah. I mean, it got in the middle. So. Uh, we then, didn't see we didn't see a lot of Byron, I think. Other than that, I think no, he,
2: we we really didn't. I'm I'm looking forward to to getting to know more about Byron. Uh, rounding out uh, that team was Nelson. He brought plantains to the table.
3: Um, I think he was the one that kind of brought up the uh, we saw the return of Mofongo in terms of a uh, uh, dish, um, yeah. and uh, so and I and I, I think that he he kind of exchanged knowing glance with. With Gregory, uh, we even talked We didn't really talk about G- Gregory. Was one of the guest judges. Uh, he was just so happy to be there, um, mm-hmm. like it's and a- I was
2: happy for him to be there. I was like, "Yeah, oh, same." God. Like it has not been very long since we've seen Gregory, but I've missed Gregory.
4: Yeah, and the fact that he had to go out due to an injury, like oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, it, it wasn't anything that he was doing, and he was on a roll at that point. Like he was cooking really, really well. And you know, sometimes you got you get injured. You're you end up on the IR, and you can't. There's nothing you can do about it. So it was great to see him back. It was really great to see all of the guest judges that were there. Um, it was wonderful to have Kwame back. Love him so much. And um, you know, Melissa uh, King is the the king of my heart as She's, well.
2: The, <laughs> I am constantly stricken by her. Like she is so like beautiful and smart and well-spoken like i just every time she spoke at the at the judge's table i was like this is just heaven for me and i'd uh-huh. I'd be fine with her being a permanent judge five ever
4: it would she, be fantastic
3: she's so considered and thoughtful when she like is kind of you can tell she's really taking the time to evaluate what's put in front of her mm-hmm. um i was just from the moment like even like gregory stepped out I was just grinning from ear to ear. Like it's, (laughs) yes, we have these 15 new faces, but it seems like over the course of the season, we're going to have like potentially 15 familiar faces as well.
4: Um, Yeah. And Richard Blaze's hair is a whole (laughs) other character. Wow. That was interesting. Even somebody's taking quarantine to a new level. Anytime Padma is just like, dude, get control of your hair (laughs) on on national television? And that says something. And that was like, and that looked like that was,
3: like almost like a behind the scenes camera shot like the way that that was kind of inserted into the proceedings looked a little bit odd so it was almost like it's almost like it was like put on the cutting room floor like no we gotta keep this in and I think even Gabriel was commenting like whoa that's some hair um, <laughs>
4: definitely some hair
3: oh Richard Blaze um oh yeah uh
4: maybe he liquid nitrogened it too much that's what he uses like for, thing. uh, for holding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Instead of any type of product, he just uses liquid nitrogen. Yeah. Just like on yeah. all his boots. It's well, it,
3: it it does appear in the previews. Like he gets a little bit more under control. Uh um, and I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure if that's based on feedback from Padma or, or just if this was a, just a, let me try this, but, um, it was a choice.
2: <laughs> yeah uh So, this team made a surf and turf scallop. The surf was the scallop. The turf was mushrooms with a tomato sofrito, sofrito, un fungo mushroom puree with an apple chutney. um This sounds nice, but I cannot eat scallops, so I just never even think about it. Oh,
3: mm. mm. yeah, we, we've lost. Eat scallops.
2: I know, I'm devastated, honestly. So,
3: devastated. you probably. You're probably not a fan then also of the, or at least you would not have been able to eat the blue team's uh, dish of scallops poached in kombu butter with parsnip puree and pickles.
2: You're right. But if I had to choose between the dish that I had to eat that would make me violently ill, I would pick this (laughs) surf and turf scallop. Um, It just felt more complete. (laughs) The scallops poached in butter um, with a parsnip puree. Like I just need a little bit more. So that was Brought to us by Chris Shoda and Roscoe, um, they were they were the most like. Oh, what do we do with these ingredients? They had butter, they had kombu and rice vinegar. Where I didn't feel like these three ingredients were that out of place. I feel like the rice vinegar you could have used in like a, a coleslaw or something. Roscoe is a barbecue chef. Like, I feel like that would have been a good place to go. The butter you could use in five billion different ways. Yeah. You could use it in anything.
3: Yeah. I'm wondering if I'm, I'm sure I doubt this is the case, but I mean, this is one of the teams that placed on the bottom. And I'm hoping it wasn't because they chose butter and rice vinegar, because it's not like they knew most likely it's not like they knew coming in that this was going to be part of a challenge. They may have just been asked the question. And and it's also just by sheer chance that they ended up on the same team together.
2: Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think if, if that was taken into consideration, I don't think that's fair, um, but it didn't really seem like it was taken into consideration. Right.
3: And we didn't see a lot of Chris, this episode either. It didn't seem. Mm-mm. No, not we at all. We saw A
2: lot of Roscoe though. Uh,
3: we did. We did see a lot of Roscoe. Um, I felt bad for I felt bad for the guy. Uh, yeah, the like, you know, fast forwarding to his elimination dish, the the duck adobo with sweet potato dumplings. Like, I would have like, that's probably one of the dishes I would have picked off of the menu. I mean, mm-hmm. it just sounds amazing.
2: Yeah, Roscoe just seemed to be completely thrown off after the first quick fire didn't go super well for him, and that kind of carried in, in into the into the main challenge.
3: Yeah, it's and. <laughs> I was. It, we, it was. I was glad to see that. It, like, so he's he's the pit master. I thought he had an interesting. Well, he's one of the other things is he's one of the few people where we got kind of a sweeping story about. Like, mm-hmm. we didn't have a lot of origin stories, but here we did in terms of him going to like uh, art school, focusing on design, and then he, you know, he ended up going to um, uh, Chez Nice. To cook, and now he's like the pit master. How do you uh, say that
2: with a straight face?
3: Chez Panisse or pit yeah. master?
2: Chez Panisse.
3: Can you see my screen? And do I have a straight face? <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: hey, and, you're gonna tell me that? Like, i unless you see it written down. You're like, what? What did they say? <laughs> okay,
3: I okay. I'm now picking up what you're putting down, um, and I remember when I typed it into my notes. How is this spelled? Oh, okay uh i'm just gonna i'm just gonna spell it phonetically um uh so yeah completely straight face here um mm-hmm. but then he went from there to be the, the pit master um at a restaurant i can't remember uh well but i got his bio up i can just pull it there yeah. um it was, it was actually right on him at um rodney scott's barbecue which gail apparently knows
4: yeah gail like, knows it and said so they said that the smoked meat portion of his dish was great yeah it was just you could tell by just looking at that um broth that that dish was going to be on the bottom because you could see the oil it was oily. Mm-hmm.
3: it was oily we we had that in a couple instances like even fast forwarding to uh we've talked about avishar he had the uh chucker slash partridge I'm, I'm 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 upset no one like paired it with a pear like a pear tree sort of yeah thing um missed opportunities that might have been too cute Uh, but his chucker fried chucker um they said that the 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 bird was prepared wonderfully but it was the rice and curry that was Mm -hmm. like that that fell really flat and i felt so bad for him because of that um it's like a lot yeah exactly like you know roscoe ended up going going home but yeah it wasn't because of the duck but more so because of just the oiliness of you know what it was in unfortunately
4: Hi. Thank God for last chance kitchen kitchen. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We're, words that are self spoken on this
3: podcast. Really? <laughs> oh. Well, no, no, no. Just in terms of not that my idea,
2: we're fine with it. Josh fine is fine a with
4: it. It.
3: Josh is not a fan of last <laughs> chance Josh kitchen. It.
4: He hated Josh it. <laughs>
3: um but the uh yeah, this it felt it felt for the guy. Um yeah, it, but this was this is another team where you had someone in the top, someone in the bottom, and someone in the middle. Mm. Um which I thought was, I, I thought was interesting. The, and then we had, we had Shoda on the team. I adore Shoda.
2: Oh, he's great. Yeah. I'm excited for him. I'm very excited for him.
3: Adorable you, laugh. Oh yeah. Like the, his laugh is the, like there was the, the, the fact that I don't, did they include the laugh part in your uh, viewing of it? Yes. I got okay. that. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the fact that, yeah, the, the, his, his laughter just makes everybody in the kitchen smile. Um, Except maybe Dawn Dawn didn't <laughs> She didn't smile much this episode we'll Dawn's get intense. I Dawn intense I love you it Dawn is
1: intense I love it You can
3: feel that
2: Dawn is an athlete
1: It is Ryan here And I have a question For you What do you do When you win Like are you a Fist pumper
2: Gabe brought Masa and Don brought smoked trout roe. Together, mm-hmm. they made a halibut memela uh, with fish sauce, butterscotch, and smoked trout roe crema. The,
3: um, I had butterscotch part of it. But yeah.
2: it, it felt like this team had the least amount of chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like maybe Jamie has gotten used to working with people who get her. And maybe these are people who do not get her yet. Um, I just I, and uh, yeah, Don Don is an athlete in the kitchen. That's for sure
3: it's awesome that I mean, I liked this was another person we got a little bit of the story of, but you can't you can't include an Olympic athlete and not have that like be part of the story. so i wasn't I wasn't too worried that the story we were getting was because she was going to be going home, even though she kind of ended up in a bit of trouble in the elimination but- challenge
2: she that that's a testament to how good she is yeah we'll get to Mm -hmm. it but she forgot a whole element of her dish possibly the most like one of the more important Mm -hmm. elements and she was in the middle like her dish was so good that she forgot a part of it and it didn't matter
3: i also like this was during during this challenge was um she had well this was also i think the team that they said we all prepared the fish like one of them put it in the dish one of them turned it one took it out of out Mm -hmm. of the out of the pan um but there was that moment where uh, Jamie sauces the fish on the skin side and mm-hmm. we kind of got a Jim Halpert moment where Don like looks
4: at the camera like, are you kidding me? Oh,
2: that made <laughs> I me mean cry. I love death. <laughs> it was, that was,
4: it was so it was funny, but I also I felt bad for Jamie. But it also <laughs> is one of those things where, you know, this is a, a mistake that you make because you're nervous, I guess, because that's something that you're taught. Pretty early on, from my understanding, uh, when you learn how to cook fish, I I just I really I think it's going to take a while for the contestants and the judges to get used to Jamie and Jamie's personality because she basically speaks in like Star Wars beeps and boops to describe things, which is an acquired taste for for some. Um, But you could see at at final like at, at the judging table. Um, That when they panned over Tom when this was happening, that he was just like, what are you doing? (laughs) So the combination of that, I did think it was nice of them to not throw anybody under the bus and be just just say we all cook the fish.
3: Yeah, I mean, it it worked. The the thing I'm happy is I actually made salmon for uh, dinner last night and I ended up saucing. First of all, I made my first sauce. It was like mm. a, a reduced honey mustard uh, sauce. And I put it on the correct side. But that's only because I burnt the holy hell out of the skin. And I put that <laughs> side down because I was making dinner for my mom. Um, and so the, uh, that side just had to go down because it was the one that was more burnt. And then you sauce the top of it. So, but I was, I, I was watching. I was like, I, I did this correctly. Very happy for myself.
4: Yeah, good for you. Uh, so
2: let's get into the elimination challenge. They had to create a dish featuring a game bird found in Oregon. A quail, duck, partridge, turkey, or squab. Uh, I thought the setup for this challenge was cool. It was going to be a blind tasting. The, uh, the, sh- the judges weren't going to know who was presenting the dish. So I I love when they do that. I think it gives them a real opportunity to be very creative with it. Uh, you could take Take it a lot of different ways. You can really put your own spin on it. Uh, and also, let's talk a little bit more about what the, the judging is going to consist of this season. Uh, instead of you know doing different things where you have like one guest judge come in or have a, have a restaurant of people, uh, this season they're going to have a, a revolving panel of former contestants as judges, which I think is a brilliant move. Um, you know, it we don't have to be constantly introduced to people. Keeps things safer for them and. I trust the opinions of the people we're seeing. So um, some of the people we got this episode was Melissa, um, Kwame, Gregory, Amar. Amar, right? Amar, yeah.
4: Yeah. Amar. yeah.
2: Um, who else? Who else? Did, Richard, who Dale. Missing?
4: Dale and Richard. And Dale.
2: Right. Right. Uh, so I, I loved hearing the opinions of the, of them. Um, I'm worried I'm going to get a little bored that it's just a long table every every episode. Of people, but um, I'm excited for the All Stars portion of it. Like, what a what a great handholding um, to last season.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm curious how some of our normal staples of Top Chef are going to be handled here. From like the obviously restaurant wars. Curious how they. It's I, I try not to watch the preview or the the, the previews are next on or this season on. This mm-hmm. is the Top Chef is notorious for spoiling things in their upcoming previews Um, but I I did take notice uh they are doing restaurant wars this season um but there's other things like the oftentimes they'll do the 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 charity dinner or the big events or the you know feed the public sort of food trucky sort of things and a lot of these I think are going to be I'm sure a lot of these can be still handled with appropriate precautions but I'm curious what is going to change uh this season because of because of COVID
2: Okay, so let's start with the squabies. Um, So squab was cooked by Gabriel, Byron, and Maria. Gabriel made roasted squab with local honey, charred onion petals, grilled plums, and jus. Um, Byron made a sweet Thai-style grilled squab with green mango jicama salad, sweet potato cake, coconut sauce, and herb oil. And then Maria made enchiladas Uh, Potosinias, stuffed with braised squab and queso fresco over a goat cheese crema. Uh, Out of these three, I think I would pick Maria's dish. I love the sound of it. Um, And Gabriel's, I I, I get where they're going, that sometimes simplicity is better. For me, it just felt a little too simple for me to order off a menu or something like that.
3: I know what you mean, because I tend to go for like, ooh, this is something. I want a side, you know,
2: I love a side. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, I think I might have gone for Gabriel's only because oh, like squab and honey sounds interesting. I think I would like charred onion petals and I'm intrigued by grilled plums. Um, but you've got the goat cheese crema. In the end. Yeah, exactly. like, pour that
2: on my body and call it a dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh
3: And that's the podcast, folks. Yeah, we're done. Thank you. Where do you lean amongst these three, Latanya?
4: You pick a squab. I I agree with uh, Haley about the enchiladas. Mostly, I think, because it's squab. And I don't know that I've had squab before. I'm one of those people who, um, you know, has kind of, I'm kind of particular about food, but I want to experience everything as, as well. You know, like when traveling, you know, that'll happen again at some point in the next five years. Um, You want to have, you know, a dish that you haven't had all the time. And I think that it would be the best delivery system, in my opinion, to have something like swab. Um, And yeah, the goat cheese crema, like, please, (laughs) por favor. Although for for Byron's,
3: uh, underreported, I'm a big fan of jicama. Um, uh, And, you know, let me try the sweet potato. Get the sweet potato cake as a side. Can I do that? Just like take it off of Byron's menu and it put it feels, as a side.
2: The, the sweet potato cake feels a little out of place for me.
3: And that well. Yeah, it's Thai style and sweet potato cake. Well...
2: I felt like it would have been complete with the mango jicama salad. Yeah. If that makes sense to me. It mm. feels like the sweet potato cake was a little out of place, but that's just that's just me personally. Um, covering duck, we have Roscoe, Shoda, and Gabe. Um, Roscoe made the duck adobo with sweet potato dumplings. Shoda, Shoda made soy braised duck breast with candied pecans, bonito flakes, and pumpkin white miso puree. And Gabe made chintezle glazed duck with smoked mushrooms, charred onions, figs, and mix Um, I think I gotta go with show here. That sounds absolutely delicious. Um, I love duck.
4: It looked fantastic when he was like taking it out, you know, to to rest before he put it back into the, the sauce. It just looked so delicious. Um, it's it's one of those instances where you can really feel. I don't know. So there are sometimes on Top Chef where you can like tell through the screen, like, oh, that's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, so and that that was definitely the the dish for me. I love duck as well, especially when it when they do it right. And it has like the crunchy, like more, uh you know, crunchy uh skin to it. Yep. And mm-hmm. this looked exactly like how I'd want to eat duck. So, yeah, I'm going that way, too.
3: I Mark me down as the third. Uh, you you had me at soy braised and <laughs> candy, candied pecans, yeah. Um, and I'm also I'm also wondering because like out of these three duck dishes, shodas and Gabes were in the top. Um, mm-hmm. But I wonder if the, the, just because they were so good, if if part of the reason for Roscoe's elimination is the fact that in this threesome of dishes, the other two were so good that just maybe potentially by contrast, I mean yeah, it did look yeah. oily. I'm
1: just but there's. It,
2: and, and that maybe um, it makes me think that if he would have had a different bird, this concept would have worked better because mm-hmm. duck is known to be a little bit greasier, a little bit yes. oilier. Um, yeah. So I think if you had pretty much any of the if you had turkey, if you had turkey, I think that would have been a really great fit because you, you the turkey needs more moisture, um, but it won't add any grease to the broth.
3: Was this the dish where Melissa had said when you added the hot liquid to the uh, duck, it just dried it out more? Yeah. Yeah.
4: And it, I was also, surprised at that. It's also colored, I think, by the fact that, you know, Tom like pronounces duck is the easiest thing in the world to cook, you know? <laughs> so if that if that's an opinion shared by the rest of the people that are on the judging panel, then they're going to judge a duck di- in addition to like the other duck, duck dishes being in the top. That means they're going to judge all of them that much more harshly because they believe that duck is the easiest to cook.
3: I think we've seen in the past on Top Chef when people, when even you don't have these ingredient, common ingredient limitations where you have people who are for, kind of forced to use the same element. When you see people finding out that somebody else in the kitchen is doing a similar dish using a same, a foundational element oftentimes you'll see a little bit of panic and second guessing in terms of well i'm going to change up my dish because it seems like the consensus is that on top chef then it's those two dishes will be directly compared against each other and someone will often eat either one of them will be in the top or one of them will be in the bottom um, because you have no choice but to compare them given that they both contain duck for example but in this challenge they're kind of forced into that across five different birds Mm -hmm. so
2: I I really thought Shota was going to win this one. And I was pretty surprised that he didn't. Um, Let's move on to the quail. Uh, We have our winning team, Sarah, Sasha, and Kiki all working with quail. Sarah made, and this was the winning dish, glazed quail with green beans, charred dates, and grilled eggplant coconut yogurt. Sasha made roasted quail with polenta, creme fraiche, roasted grapes, and red wine jus. And Kiki made moambe quail with sweet corn grits and boiled and pickled peanuts. Um, I think I'd have to go for Kiki's here. If I saw that on a menu, I'm most, I'm just more most interested in this dish. It was the one that fell in the middle. Sasha ended up being in the bottom, but she had immunity. So it didn't really matter. Um, And I, I would eat Sarah's, but it doesn't, Call to me. I think the most interesting part for me is the grilled eggplant coconut yogurt. I would really like to try that. But as a complete dish, it just didn't really draw me. Hmm. What, hmm. Which one? What, Latanya? What would what would you pick from these three?
4: Um. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. Is I, <laughs> it's a tough decision because I'm not really drawn, but to to most of these things i guess if a polenta is done correctly then um it could be delicious and also i'd like to taste roasted grapes i've never done that before um so but i do think that i'd probably stick with the the glazed quail with green beans and the charred dates i love a date i do um and i love eggplant
3: i was i was thinking the same thing about sasha's dishes i was kind of intrigued but like take the quail out of the equation between the polenta the creme fraiche and mm-hmm. the roasted grapes i'm really curious like that sounds really tasty together yes uh so i, I think that might be it's a shame that that sasha was on the bottom because <laughs> uh, that kind of says well, maybe the dish wasn't that great could have just been in the preparation i don't know if it was in the combination mm-hmm. of ingredients but i would have i probably tried i probably would have tried uh, sasha's dish myself
2: um, Moving on to the turkey, Chris, Don, and Jamie were all working with the turkey. Uh, Chris made a sous vide turkey brass and rum braised turkey thigh with toasted farro, roasted mushrooms, and corn soubise. I
3: think it's just soubies.
2: Mm, soubies. I'm, tr- I'm trying to add too much French education <laughs> into it. We've, <laughs>
3: I've, I've been. You've been, you've been a real trooper reading through the descriptions. I'm like, okay, what's she going to say at this word? <laughs>
2: um. Don made a turkey peanut stew minus the peanut stew with sauteed vegetables and savory uh, callus callus. This this sounded great to me if, if that peanut stew made it on. Exactly.
3: Yeah. It sounds uh, like some of the dishes got the stew and some didn't. I know blazes Richard blazes didn't. But um,
2: really, it seemed to me that none of I them. I don't know
3: if any of them like did. All that? of those plates looked stew free. They all looked stew free. But the way that they were talking at the table. Uh, like Richard had said, like, well, mine doesn't have the stew. And I thought that it seemed like there might be a couple that did just the way they were talking, but I agree. It didn't look like any of them did, but um, regardless, you didn't for majority of the plate. She did not get the stew in the plate.
2: And Jamie made a lemongrass turkey with yellow curry couscous, sauteed rapini and plum sauce. Um, I agree with the judges. This seemed like a lot of strong flavors mixed together. Um, mm-hmm. She probably could have highlighted one and, and been fine.
3: It seemed like it was the ed- an editing issue with Jamie, which we always have somebody on the season who needs like a uh, Katsuji's it and tries to put too much in the dish.
2: Um, I loved when she was um, burning the eyes out of her competitors. Yeah, I was like, going to say what that. A move.
4: <laughs> Anytime that you are using so much spice that like people chefs are putting on masks and they can't, yeah, the chefs have to get away from you that's a, a little bit of a warning sign, maybe.
3: Yeah. Alvishar was like, you drove me out of the room with yeah. those scents," And that's, that's saying something.
4: <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I did really feel, I have to say, I felt for Dawn. Um, her, like she didn't have like a breakdown. She just had like a normal response to, you know, being disappointed. Like, yeah. you know, and, she, and she's mad at herself. Mm-hmm. She's not mad at the situation. She's an athlete. So she's like hard on herself. She was just so angry with herself. I would have
2: sobbed if I was her. Yeah, like in her place, i have been like, "No, not the
4: first dish." Like I know, I know. like um, she didn't even get a chance to like that. She, I was as I was like writing notes. I was like, "Wow, that like uh, stew looks fantastic." If it makes it to the plate, and I was like, "I really hope this is one of those things where it's supposed to be served um, at tableside," and that's why she's putting it in the containers. I would have lied. <laughs> <laughs> I was just. I didn't <laughs> thought of that. I was like. Yeah,
3: have them uh, uh, sauce it plate, uh, table tableside.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. what. Yeah, I meant I meant for it to be in this. Absolutely. Yeah.
3: I'm wondering if this is one of those things where you have to kind of define it ahead of time in terms yeah. of you know, how sure it's meant it to be served. But yeah. it's like, like I don't know if the time just got away from her, like she didn't hear the countdown, or if there was like a. I, it doesn't feel correct that she maybe thought that you could sauce it afterwards. I don't think that's the case. I think the time just escaped her notice. Yeah. I,
2: I, and I think she knew the answer was going to be no when she asked the producers, but it was just kind of like a Hail Mary. Exactly. Uh, it seemed like she had a lot going on and that the peanut stew, it was kind of not in her immediate viewpoint. So it wasn't like, okay, I need to pour this on. It was like, look over, you're like, oh, shoot, and I don't have enough time now. Right. And
4: there- the judges did say that all of the other components that actually made it to the table were really good. So
2: it makes me think if she would have got the stew on, she would have been in the top for sure.
3: Yeah. I was so like, it was so cathartic to see her reaction when she discovered that she was in the middle and not, not even not not only was she in the, not only was she just not in the, not only was she in the bottom and safe. I mean, that would have been one thing where she was in the bottom and then just was saved or whatever, but she wasn't even in the bottom and seeing the look of like shock mixed with relief. Was was actually kind of uplifted me a little bit. Yeah. Like I was so happy for her that it didn't tank her experience. Yeah. Um, the there, there was I mean I kind of saw it, there was a weird thing like at the end of the prep of her dish, like someone was helping her plate elements of the dish, and mm-hmm. it seems like it's gonna be another one of those seasons where people will kind of you know uh, you know step in and help each other out, and it's like the person had like step I can't remember might have been Jamie might I- have.
2: I thought it was um, Brittany,
3: the, but it's like they had to step away and do yeah, because Brittany's dish was still cooking at that point, so it's probably yeah. somebody that, that presented after her. You're right, uh, but they had to step away and handle something on their own dish, and and it just yeah, just time got away. But I'm very happy that we still get to see more of more of Dawn. Um, I want to want to see where this goes.
4: Yeah,
2: uh, and then our final group, the the chuckar or partridge. Uh, We have Avishar, Brittany, and Nelson. Um, Avishar made chucker fried chucker with uh, Joel, Pilau, and South Asian fried spiced pickles. Um, Brittany made a chucker with sweet potato puree, red grape, ravigote, and calvados jus. Nelson made a a Caribbean braised chucker with wild rice, black beans, and tostones. these all sound pretty good to me. I was a little, su- I, I was surprised that nobody from this team made it into the top. Um, Abishar obviously was in the bottom. I think he was probably second to go behind Roscoe, um, mm. which is a shame. I, I almost wish he would have pulled to Gabriel and just put the fried chucker on the plate with some of the pickles. I feel like that would have been a complete bite. I think that would have showed what he needed to show um nelson sounds really good caribbean braised chucker with Ugh. wild rice black beans and tostones. i think that's like the perfect level of simple but complete
3: yeah i'll go for nelson's as well i was i was upset there was no gruyere on Brittany's chucker, <laughs> um but you got the red grape again and the like the potato puree and red grape is not too far removed from the uh polenta and roasted grapes um yeah so that that's kind of interesting to me but I would probably also go for the uh Caribbean brace chucker. I can't wait to see more from Nelson. I think this is that's, this is going he's I think he's one to keep an eye on.
2: There's a lot of people on this cast I'm very excited about. It's
4: a really good group of people this season. I think I probably would have gone for the uh for Britney's dish as well just because like you know Kurt was just saying like similar to the one we talked about before. Um, But I would have been very intrigued to see a a chucker fried chucker on the menu. You know what I mean? Uh, That's something that could have been like a really, really good dish. And I love anything that like utilizes pickles in a unique way Hmm. as well. So that could have been good. It would have been my second choice out of these three though.
3: Yeah, I'm wondering the... um... I, it's almost like I feel like I would want to try like just give me some plain old plain partridge dish, a plain chucker dish just so I have a point of reference. Like I almost like for several of these, like I don't know if I've had quail before, but let me let me have the base uh, basic version and then give me mm-hmm. these these more complex versions, something, something so I can say how much it's been elevated from the standard because um, I have yeah, never had partridge.
4: Neither have I.
3: Oh so that's,
2: boy! So that's it, Sarah. That's the win here. Uh, she was really surprised. She cried. I would have cried too. Actually, you know, <laughs> I did cry. I cried during every episode of Top Show. Oh. That's just who I am as a person. Uh, I'm disappointed to lose Roscoe here. It felt like he just couldn't seem to get his footing, um, and I think he's a really interesting dude. So I'm, I'm glad we're going to at least get him a little more in Top sh- uh, in Last Chance Kitchen next week. Mm-hmm.
4: Um, I'm excited this. for the
2: season. I'm really yep. excited. It's it's a it's a highlight to my Thursdays.
3: I've, I've only been to Portland once and it was for a, I was, I went there for business once and we, it was like flying in the morning, fly out in the evening. So I didn't really actually get to experience Portland, but I think I feel like it's one of those cities that I would like really feel if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm I'm interested to kind of learn more about the, the food there. Um, And yeah, I was, I was actually, I didn't, Going into this episode, I wasn't sure if there was going to be a Last Chance Kitchen or not. I'm a little bit surprised, given like the you know, kind of quarantine protocols. Um, so I was a little bit surprised that it ended up happening. But it, but because it gets lets us kind of get another chance to take a look at Roscoe, I'm looking forward to it.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, although it's, I'm guessing the last couple of times they've done Last Chance Kitchen, someone comes in after like five or six. And then yeah. uh, after five or six people are eliminated. And then. And it's kind of resets, and someone comes again when there's like what four or five people left. So we'll potentially have a couple of returnees
4: from Last Chance Kitchen. Also, really just like looking forward to Roscoe being able to redeem himself, um, because you end up, you know, the challenge really was to make some, you know, make a dish that would allow the judges to know you better. And he he said while he was cooking that he'd never cooked this dish before. He'd cook like components of it, though. And it's something that he and his family have. Um, And so you really it's it's difficult to watch someone that you're rooting for kind of, you know, like make the mistake and end up out first that, you know, with the type of mistake that keeps you awake at night. You know what I mean? Because you did something that is not necessarily true to who you are, and that was the challenge. And he should have, he could have showcased so much um, to give us like an, a, a glimpse into who he was. So it's great. That's why I was saying earlier. That's a reason that I really like Last Chance Kitchen because not only do we get to see the repartee that these uh, contestants have with Tom, which is always really fun but also just because it gives people the opportunity to redeem themselves because everyone has an off day. Everyone can get nervous and like make a mistake.
3: Yep. And, and then, and usually I'm trying to remember, usually the person who goes to last chance kitchen faces a challenge that's loosely based off why they lost, but because he's not going into last chance kitchen this next, like now, it's odds. I'm trying to remember if like when this when that second person gets there and they have that. Is first like match. a
2: combo of why they are both
3: eliminated or not? Yeah. That's what I'm trying to remember if they do like a combo like you know Roscoe you left because of this and insert mm. name here you left because of this and so we have a challenge that it's both of that. Um, uh, so yeah, but I'm curious like what the what the challenge will be um, and who will be there next. So yeah, um, yeah.
2: So that's it for the episode, and I, I think we should bring back. What we've been eating or making this week so, or, you know, recently or even in the last like three or four months. Since we haven't we haven't talked.
3: <laughs> There's so much we could tap into. Like, I mean, I'll, I'll just kick off really quickly talking about the uh, Latani You mentioned uh, interesting, enjoying the interesting use of pickles. Mm-hmm. Um, I have recently fallen in love with pickle pizzas. Um, what? Yeah, one of my friends, uh, Ryan, posted a picture last October or just November of a place in Dallas where there was a pickle pizza. I'm like, I'm not a huge pickle fan, but that sounds intriguing. And there's a place literally like a five minute walk for me that I was just you know scoping out their menu, exploring what the takeout options are near my new apartment in Michigan. Mm-hmm. And there's a place near me that serves a pickle pizza. And so I got it and it was it was tasty. It was basically, really? it was, it was, it was like a garlic aioli, uh, uh, feta cheese, mozzarella cheese, and pickles. I think that was it. Um, and I think the next time I got it, I added ham and onion. Um, yeah, this, just, actually, this
4: sounds like a sandwich to me. <laughs> this uh, sounds like something that should be a sandwich. Uh, maybe it was a lot of pickles though. Um, okay.
3: so it was so that, that's been, that's been, uh, I think like the, the highlight uh, that I've, that I've been, uh, experiencing is, a, the pickle pizza, but B kind of exploring the area around me. I'm actually looking right across the, the parking lot from my apartment, and there's a tiki bar that serves actually pretty amazing food. And I'll go into more detail later in the season, on some of my favorite dishes from there. But um yeah, just been uh doing a lot more of the the meal subscription kits, like the salmon dish I made Ooh. was from Hello, I believe that was from Hello Fresh. Um been doing been bouncing back and forth between Hello Fresh, Marley Spoon, and Blue Apron. Um Made a really great shrimp and chorizo paella from HelloFresh uh, mm-hmm. the other day. Um, so,
4: yeah, good stuff.
2: Well, Tanya, have you been eating anything exciting lately?
4: Lately, things have been a little hectic for me. Uh, so I have been getting uh, takeout or delivery uh, but before then I'll, I'll kind of talk about both before then I was doing a lot of roasting of things. So Ooh. I was making a lot of like uh roast chicken, um, because I just love it so much. It's so versatile and it, you can like put a million different types of sides with it. And you also get to have a chicken for the rest of the week <laughs> or like however mm-hmm. long cause it takes you to eat a chicken. Um, and it's really pretty when it comes out. Uh, and I've been doing a lot of fish. Um, like a lot of salmon um, putting it in the stove with some onions um, I'll cut up like tomatoes because I really love roast tomatoes um, and um, you know doing like a marinade on that that has some like garlic and uh, lemon juice and stuff like that and then I'll have a side that's like a veggie so uh, green beans or um, like asparagus, I've been making a pretty good amount of. Um, but it's in terms of like, just am- amazing restaurants, because I just moved in November um, to uh, like a essentially downtown Chicago. So there's just it, it just increases exponentially the amount of different restaurants that you have access to. Oh yeah, and, definitely. I, yeah, and I've become obsessed, like obsessed with this place called Ramen um, there's ramen san, there's ramen san deluxe, and then there's uh, there's sushi san, and they're all like owned by the same people, and they make um, I like can no longer really eat edamame without the S and P mix that they put on the edamame. Um, I'm not technically supposed to have the ramen because it is just <laughs> like salt <laughs> <laughs> and for health reasons, I'm not supposed to have it. Um, But they have these amazing like uh, buns. They have these uh, uh, like a pork bun. That's fantastic. They have a mushroom bun. That's really good. Um, And their sushi is also just like the freshest, most delicious sushi that I've had um, in a really long time. And, you know, uh, sushi in Chicago is pretty good. So I've been kind of subsisting on, on fish and chicken for the most part. And I'm not upset about it.
2: Uh, this week, one day, one night for dinner, um, I made a uh, caprese skillet chicken. So it's just I, I filled a cast iron pan with some tomatoes and onions and garlic. And mm. I'd cook the chicken beforehand and put it in, put a little balsamic glaze over it with some um slices. And it was really it was really good. But yeah. um, the problem I find with healthy dinners is that. I'm hungry like two hours later.
3: Um, I, I remember seeing, I can't remember if it's Facebook or Twitter, where he's said like, it was something that it was, it was a strange tweet to see from you. It was just like, does anybody know of any healthy dinners? And yeah, that, that was well, it.
2: I just, <laughs> I, I feel like I need to eat more vegetables. I need to eat more well-rounded meals. Um, but the thing is, Ethan, Ethan doesn't really like fish. He only eats fish and chips. And of course, mm. that's not like the healthiest of healthy Um so it's hard for me to get him. he he prefers chicken. I'm kind of like, ah, chicken like well, whatever. Like I'm kind of a uh, or go with chicken. Fish I love, but and shrimp, but he he won't eat it. So, eh. but um what else? Oh, and then um for Easter I made um some pavlova cookies that look like eggs. So I made mm. um, you know, like the meringue cookie with a, a lemon curd. Um and that was my second attempt with meringue and it definitely went better than the first time but it wasn't perfect um the lemon curd was great though i really like that um but they turned out good like they're 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 a good cookie i can only eat one at a time because they're pretty sweet but yeah that's yeah. kind of that's kind of what i've been doing lately
4: it's a lot yeah.
2: It, it a, all- yeah it was yeah it was it took a while to make those cookies because the the meringues needed about two hours to bake and then the curd had to had to uh set so i i made the components on friday but we tried them last night and they were pretty good
4: what type of um commercials in terms of like food commercials are you all getting when you watch the show like you know i have There's one, and I don't know what it is, but it's for a delivery kit uh, kind of service that I've never heard of before. They essentially stock your fridge, though. It's, you know, you pick out things and they send you really high quality ingredients. But it's like uh, it's as if you went shopping yourself. They stock your fridge for you. And it looked intriguing, like maybe you want to try mama like but i don't know the name <laughs> of it
2: <laughs> somebody I, tweet Latonya with what this service is called
3: please please I, tweet me i don't recall because i was fast forwarding past the commercials oh. um, yeah, yeah i
2: also did um um the top chef airs at 10 p.m. on thursdays here um
3: well. too late
2: for baby um i go to bed <laughs> at 10 so we watched it the next day and just Zoom, zoom through all of the commercials. Mm.
3: Trying to remember what time. I can't remember if it airs at. I think it airs at eight here. Eight, eight, it was like. Yeah, eight, it's eight, seven, eight to nine central. So. We get that extra 15 minutes. We
2: that got the day. extra 15 I'm minutes. I'm so bad at myself. Like, why didn't I think of that? I should have rewatched the episode on Because I think, hey, you gives you the whole episode. But uh, I'm so uh, dumb. Why did I forgot about
3: that. Honestly, though, that's one of my favorite parts about the Top Chef podcast is is discovering those moments that Haley did not get in Canada.
2: Like, (laughs) usually you can see the fear on my face when you start talking about something. I'm like, did (laughs) I miss that? i have been trying very hard to, like, put my phone down, not look at it, like stare directly at the show. I'm like, was I just thinking about something else? It's like, no, I legitimately didn't see that part. Ugh.
4: yeah. I put my phone down and stared directly at the show and didn't pick my phone up until the show was over. To realize that we'd gotten that extra 15 minutes, which cut into the Law and Order SVU now like new Detective Stabler organized crime twofer show. Is that uh, another one of your go to's? Lately, I have been watching way too much Law and Order SVU. Just like, you know, need to calm down. It's too much. But my best friend was in town for a while and just kind of fell into it with me and was like, I get it now. <laughs> Law and Order SVU is the best. I was just trying to catch up on the seasons that I'd missed because I wanted to be into this new organized crime show. Um, but I, I missed the crossover crossover part <laughs> because of Top Chef. I'm not too sad about it. It's on Hulu. But also uh, that organized crime show does not look the best. Will I still watch it? I probably will. So.
3: Yeah, I feel the same about Pooch Perfect. Oh my god. <laughs> it's not the best, but I'm gonna watch it. Just to watch Rebel Wilson make dog puns. Sure, why not? And these poor these poor dogs. But it's a oh, it's a dog god. grooming reality show. I'm like I've
4: seen uh, commercials for pooch
3: perfect. Oh, there's there's an egregious amount of like spray paints. I'm guessing I'm hoping pet safe <laughs> that is used in that show.
4: Oh my god. Uh oh, they definitely I... do have pet safe sprays. Good to, to make the <laughs> dog a different color. I, I, I saw a woman with a blue dog once. So oh. <laughs> I think is that it, Haley? Will, I think that, that sounds
2: like it to me, unless there's anything else.
4: Can't talk about dog
3: coloring more. <laughs> yeah. Stay tuned for the Pooch Perfect podcast. <laughs> I can't wait. Oh, yeah.
2: Exactly. I did uh I did make a Easter egg hunt for Ethan this morning, and hit a couple of eggs with uh, cat treats in it for Jasper, and he did find those, so that was good.
3: Who was more successful, Jasper, or Ethan?
2: Um, Ethan was better at opening the eggs than Jasper was, so <laughs>
3: okay.
2: I had to open the I had to open Jasper's eggs for him. Poor guy. Um, Latanya, where can people find you on social media, and/or what else can they listen to you talk about?
4: Uh, well, I am also doing the Falcon and Winter Soldier podcast uh, over on post-show recaps with one Mike Bloom and one Kevin Mahadeo. Uh, it's, a, it's a party, basically, um, every time we get to talk about such fun things as systemic racism <laughs> <laughs> and imperialism. So... Yeah, no, we really do like get into the show and the plot points quite deeply, obviously. Um, And you can find me on Twitter at LK Starks. Please come and find me. Say hello. Uh, I'm very excited for some of the discussions that I can have now about Top Chef. (laughs) Now that I can like officially say on Twitter that I'm doing the Top Chef podcast.
3: Top
2: Chef.
4: -hmm. (laughs) And I now know what the K in LK Starks stands for. Yeah, you do. Yeah
2: what it like it's just a nice very concise um twitter handle which i very much appreciate because mine is shit as everyone has been telling me for years and years and years that was my third swear everyone (laughs) rounded it out where on internet can people find
3: i am at kirk clark on everything pretty much twitter instagram the twitch um (laughs) uh, yeah the Twitch. um you can see me behind the scenes, I guess uh I do the uh, weekly poll for uh the r h a p uh top forty season countdown, counting down the best seasons of survivor I'm at like twenty seven or twenty six this week i'm i've lost i've lost track, which isn't good for someone who's supposed to be good at counting um and then uh elsewhere in other worlds um I do a couple participate in a couple weekly streams of some tabletop role-playing games on twitch you can find um actually kevin mahadeo who Latanya had mentioned he and i and several of our friends uh we stream a game called city of mist at 6 p.m eastern on sundays at twitch.tv slash dm philly f-i-l-o-i and then we do a D stream at 9 p.m eastern on monday nights uh also on that same location twitch.tv slash dm philly that's been a really good time city of mist is really kind of trippy because it's like Like you play a normal person who's like imbued with the mythos of like Sherlock Holmes or Zeus Mm. or George Washington or like pick any mythical or historical or uh, fantastical literary figure and they how do these lives merge so it's it's been it's been interesting Um, but yeah that's what you can uh, that's what I've been up to.
2: My name's Haley. You can find me on the internet at hstrong underscore on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I also started a new project in the off season where you Ooh. can, you know, get into what I'm reading on my bookstagram at the Strong Library. Um, and I do believe um, I'm joining the Reality Rewind podcast this week to talk about America's Next Top Model. And I um, wow. Me and Sarah are going to talk about next in fashion this week too. So I'm just gonna have myself a little fashion-y week there, aren't I? Really uh, <laughs> you know, torpedo my self-esteem, just like it used to back when I was a teen watching next shows. I should not have been watching America's next top model.
4: Nobody should have. That mm-hmm. show was wild.
2: <laughs> I God, I love it so much though. We're that- watching season six, which was absolutely my favorite season.
3: Was there a Canada's next top model?
2: Was there a Canada's Next Top Model? Yes, and I watched all three seasons. I also watched many seasons of Britain's Next Top Model and Australia's Next Top Model. Wow. Also, dip my toes into Asia's Next Top Model, too. I need help. <laughs> I love the fashion, though. What can I say? I love a good photo. Anyway, that's, that's it. Pack good, your knives. Bye. Love you. See ya. Bye.
3: Bye, everybody. Bye. Don't know why I'm waving. <laughs>
1: 18 plus. 18 plus.